Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy, and we are here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and beyond. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 130, and it's titled, Is It Okay to Fantasize During Sex? This is not as cut and dry as many people might think that it is. Some people are squarely in the, yeah, of course, I do it all the time camp. And then other people are squarely in the absolutely not. It takes away from the present moment and what you're doing camp. And we're going to make a case for both of those. (laughs) (laughs) But, but we will clear it up in the end. You will feel, I think, or I hope, very clear on when it's okay and when it's not okay. All right. So I'm excited about this because too many people have those questions. Too many people don't feel like they're really normal. We're going to bring first a big study uh, and then give you some of our opinions too. So it's going to be fun. But before that, let's give a big shout out to our sponsors, Power and Mastery. So if you want to join the secret club of men who are great in bed, then check out Power and Mastery at powerandmastery.com. It is the most complete sexual mastery training for men, whether you want to have harder erections, last longer, or increase your sexual skills, there is something for you at powerandmastery.com. So go check it out now, or as soon as this episode is over, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we wanted to start this segment by going over some recent research about fantasies, because I think this is going to sort of lay a ground level of understanding about men and women and how they treat fantasy and that sort of thing. And then once we feel like we've got that kind of mapped out, then we'll talk about some of the reasons and times you shouldn't and then some of the reasons and times you should. Mm, Exciting. So this is a study that was done a few years ago. I believe it was 2014 or so when it came out. Um, And it was done from the University du Québec at Trois-Rivières and the Philippe Pinel Institute of Montréal. And it's in Canada, Canada, of course. I'm the one talking about it, you know, because... I figured Kevin would yeah, be able to Montreal say that. Yeah, that's Montreal for the intri- uh, English speakers. Oh, did, did I say? Well, I gave you the French version. Montreal. Exactly. Anyway, this study was published <laughs> in the Journal of Sexual Medicine, and it was all about the uh, sexual fantasies. And there's a lot of data that we're about to share with you. But I'll start with a few things because they started, they had over a thousand participants and they were very close to, I believe it was 52% women and 48% men, you know, so that was about like where the population is at. So it represented a good segment of the population. Anyway, what they did is they defined sexual fantasies into four different uh, categories. Number one was rare if they were shared by fewer than two 2.3% of participants. Then it was unusual if shared by fewer than 15.9%. Common if shared by more than 50%. And typical if shared by one by more than 84%. 
Okay, so that's some numbers. We get it because you're probably wondering, am I normal? Am I not normal? Are people as kinky crazy than me? Is this you're fantasy? You're not normal. You're sick and dirty. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Of course you're normal. You're most likely normal. A few of you probably aren't normal, but most of you probably are. <laughs> well... Uh, we'll we'll briefly talk over some of their findings because it's important to share like fantasies and describe them because it helps people to normalize things. Here at the Love Lab, we love to take the shame out of sex. We like to help normalize it, to bring discussion and, and really just to create an environment that celebrates our bodies and sexuality. So some of the fantasies, there were two that were uh, in the category of rare and and it's a good thing because they were uh, child sex with a child younger than 12 years and sex with an animal. So, yes, I have judgments on the, both of those. And I'm glad that it's rare because that is sick, in my opinion. And those people need some help. Unusual fantasies for women were of peeing on a partner, being urinated on, also known as water sport, both of those. <laughs> Cross-dressing, being forced to have sex, abusing an intoxicated person, having sex with a prostitute, and having sex with a small-breasted woman. Interesting. How does that one fit in with the rest of these things? <laughs> like, like you have a bunch of stuff on here that is, is definitely not usual. Like mm-hmm. most people don't do those types of things. But most people actually do have sex with small-breasted women because what you see on TV and in magazines, the size of breasts is not normal. Like, that, most women don't have breasts that big. Like, <laughs> small-breasted women are pretty normal. Uh, let's talk quickly about men because as you're going to see, there's a difference between the type of fantasies that women tend to go for versus men. Um, men for more... We're still in the unusual fantasies realm here and... Uh, Their fantasies were peeing on a partner, so that's shared, and being urinated on. Apparently, water sport goes for both. Having sex with two other men. Mm, Interesting. Some um, homosexual fantasies here. And having sex with more than three men. Oh, orgies. (laughs) Well, we're still in the unusual category, right? So it's not like the majority of men, right? So we're talking fewer Fewer than 16%. Correct. Exactly. I wanted to go back to that. So... um, Yes. How about, Kevin, you share with us a little bit now. They found that there were only five fantasies that were typical out of the whole study. So if you're like, hey, my fantasy hasn't showed up yet, or like, where do I stand? Here are the typical fantasies. (laughs) Okay. So those five are feeling romantic emotions during a sexual relationship. How is that even a fantasy? That's just like normal. (laughs) Like... Like, that's what's supposed to be happening while you're having sex. I'm not sure how that's a fantasy. But I guess maybe for some, if they're in those types of relationships, it could be a fantasy. Uh, Fantasies in which atmosphere and location are important. Okay, I could see that. That's fantasy, like fantasizing about having sex on the beach or, Mm. you know, in front of people or something like that. Okay, I get that. Uh, (laughs) Ones involving a romantic location, of course, right? Uh, next one is receiving oral sex. This is another one where I go, this is really a fantasy. It should be a reality. It should be part <laughs> of your regular lovemaking. But I get it. Not everybody has oral sex as often as we do. So that could be a fantasy. 
And the last one for men having sex with two women. Okay. Ooh, this shocking. for men has to be the number one <laughs> fantasy. I don't know a single guy that hasn't fantasized <laughs> about this. Even the most hardcore monogamous guys are like, well, I would never do it. But, you know, they would they would think about it. They would fantasize about it, what it would be like, you know? <laughs> this is This is like every teenage boy's fantasy. Mm-hmm. And young adult male and middle age. And basically, if you've Guys. never had it, you're a guy. It's probably your fantasy. I know some people are going to be going, no, that's not me. I would never do that. Blah, blah. There's exceptions to everything. But I can tell you that the overwhelming majority of men have this fantasy. <laughs> so let's continue a little bit on the remaining fantasies. There's 23 that were common in men and 11 were common in women. So there's significant proportions of women who reported fantasies about being sexually dominated. And similar proportions were observed in men as well. So there's the... Um, power dynamic here coming into play. I mean, for sure, because we're starting to, to talk about polarity and power. So when we get into the reasons why you should fantasize, this is going to come up and it's, there's going to be a, a whole discussion around that particular topic. Mm-hmm. Overall, this was very interesting here, but overall, men had a higher sexual fantasy scores than women. And there were significant differences between the two groups, including fantasies of having romantic romantic emotions during sex, oh, I wonder who's having that, of receiving oral sex, of having sex outside of relationship, and of having anal sex. Okay. So, by the way, we hope that in sharing those, you're starting to be like, oh, I guess my fantasies are pretty normal, right? If you're hearing these things, you've probably uh, checked one or two off your list that you're not the only one, right? <laughs> um. How about but about one third of women fantasized about homosexual activities? I find this really interesting, despite the fact that only 19% considered themselves bisexual or homosexual. I would say, as a woman, I can 100% agree with that. I do think that we are more prone to have attraction towards other women. And whether or not we've explored that side of ourselves, it seems to be just natural it's kind of universal yes you know it's like like we say all the time you know men love women and women love women like everybody <laughs> loves women like who doesn't love a beautiful woman you know? absolutely but what was interesting is that for the man um the approximately one quarter had homosexual fantasy although 89.5 like basically nearly 90 percent considered themselves heterosexual that's fascinating too. So finally, women were less likely than men to want to live out their fantasy with about half of women who had submissive fantasies saying that they would not want those to be realized. This, oh, this is the this we're going to talk we're going to talk a whole <laughs> lot about this because this is a very 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 important thing for men to understand. And so many men we talk with do not get this at all. So we're, we're going to come back to that. I, I just don't want to get there just yet. Absolutely. So I, I still think it's worth repeating that, that most women were less likely than men to want to live out their fantasy. So if you're a guy listening right now and you've heard your woman say, oh, Oh, threesome could be fun. It doesn't mean that it's going to happen tomorrow. It doesn't mean that she really wants it. She might enjoy it in her head, but she's most likely 
not as motivated <laughs> to get it going like you are. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, we'll, we will cover this in depth uh, later on in this episode. Uh, you know, one thing I do want to talk about, though, before we move on from the study that I find is very interesting is the fantasies about uh, sex with somebody of the same sex. Mm-hmm. I'm not at all surprised by the women's stats. In fact, I, I guess maybe I'm slightly surprised because I would think it would be actually be higher than one-third. Mm. I, I'm surprised it's actually not higher than one-third. Maybe it is nowadays. I don't know. It's a little bit more, even more socially acceptable now than yeah. it was before. Um, but, but the one is that a quarter of men had those fantasies. Even though, you know... 90% of them are clearly putting themselves into the label of heterosexual. Yeah, where, where 81% of uh, women consider themselves heterosexual. Mm-hmm. So a smaller percentage of women consider themselves heterosexual, and yet they had a higher level of women fantasizing about it. And then men, now you have if one quarter, which is still pretty sizable amount, mm-hmm. 25%, and yet 90% of them, so you can see those numbers don't add up is the point I'm trying mm-hmm. to make, right? I think that is probably because of societal pressure yes, and, and what are norms in society, um, whether it be just society or it be be uh, particular belief systems. I think that far more men fantasize or or maybe I would say are curious about it than they would admit uh, simply because there's a lot of stigma even to this day about it. So uh, very interesting stats. Uh, I, I love statistics because you can really see a lot, a lot of stuff when you look at stats. Um, it doesn't always tell the whole picture, right? Because you can interpret them one way or another sometimes. But it's just fascinating to see some of the raw data come up and go, huh, that's interesting. Because some of it goes, um, it, it's not the way you think it would be. Mm-hmm. You know, it's counterintuitive. Like you, you think, oh, it should, I would expect the stats to be this way. And then they come out in a different way. It's very interesting. So, so all of that study, as you were saying before, really goes to show that there's a wide range of fantasies, that people fantasize about a whole bunch of different things, that there are quite a few things that are very common that most people tend to fantasize about. There are things that a significant portion of people tend to fantasize about, and then there are things that very few fantasize about. So you fall, I'm sure, somewhere in there. My guess would be you most likely fall into... Um, one of the um, common or typical categories that where most people do. Um, so, yeah. So if you're thinking you're weird, you're not. So let's talk now first about reasons about why it's not a good idea to fantasize during sex. And I'm making a distinction here. There are moments to when to fantasize, but why during sex some people are in the camp of you should never do this. Number one is that it can distract you and keep you from being present in the moment. And that's really the biggest objection that I have with that. So 
If you are what I call on fantasy island and you are disconnected from your partner, your partner probably is feeling it and the quality of the intimacy and interaction is not as strong as it could be if you were fully present and connected with your partner. Yeah, remember when we read that part about all the fantasies of having deep emotional feelings during Mm -hmm. (laughs) lovemaking? If you want to have those deep emotional feelings during lovemaking, you you need to be present. We talk about this a lot on this show, about that presence piece of really being there in the moment, really connected to your partner and how that really elevates the level and the quality of the sex that you're having. So if you're stuck, as Celine calls it, on Fantasy Island, (laughs) it's kind of hard to have that kind of connection. Yes. It just is. Number two is that often the real experience does not live up to the fantasy and can create disappointment and lack of sex drive. So we see this more with people who rely on imagery, most like porn. Uh, I'm not sure if magazines would really, are they even in in publishing still? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I believe they still exist, yes. Are they still, or are they a thing of the past by now? But mostly for the visual, and it's more by how people consume things. The way that they will go on a porn site is you're finding something that's really exciting. You find a 30 seconds to three minute exciting little clip and then you go straight to something else to continue having this dopamine hit and this this addiction that gets created. And what happens is it's not really how that's works in real life. (laughs) You can't just swap your partner every 30 seconds to three minutes. I mean, you could if you had an orgy, but (laughs) 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 But it's not everybody's um, regular life. Let's put it this way. 30 seconds to a minute, you know, you might might swap every 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. So the thing, but the thing is, if you've trained yourself a certain way, then, and you always fantasize about like so much variety and jumping like this, the real life is not going to give you that. So again, it's not so much about what you do, it's how you do it here. Yeah. And it's not even just about fantasizing about the variety. I mean, any of the fantasies can really take you so far away from your reality Mm -hmm. that you can't meet the two, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, it could be how many different women you're having sex with, but it could be a lot of other things too. It could be uh, the way that particular partner looks, Mm -hmm. right? This is a big one with porn is you're seeing all these super young, super fit, exaggeratedly large genitals, right? But that doesn't meet your actual experience in real life. Double triple D for the breast, you know? (laughs) I mean, there's there's so many things, the Mm -hmm. the type of sex, how long, all all these things Mm -hmm. that are exaggerated they're they're part of the the fake world that we live in mm. you know and if you if you don't understand what i mean by that you have to realize that pretty much everything in this world is indeed fake it's it's just made up it's a it's a thin veneer and it's not real and when, mm-hmm. when you when you get beneath that veneer you start to see what was re, what the world really is you know whether that's you know marketing for something or whatever but uh, you know i don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole but the idea is that fantasy can get like that too you can get so used to the fantasy version of reality that the real version of reality is somehow not interesting to you anymore and that's what we see when we work with clients that do a lot of like porn and fantasy stuff where they the fantasy part is so stimulating because of all this exaggerated everything that then they come over here into the real world 
and it's not stimulating enough for, for them to even get an erection. Mm-hmm. See, another thing too, another reason why it's not such a good idea to rely on fantasy during sex is that you can become addicted to the fantasy and rely on it. And it's similar that to what you're talking about, Kevin, in terms of if you don't have the fantasy, you can't get in the mood. And speaking from a woman's perspective, I want to feel my man desiring me. I want my man to be here with me. And if I feel that he needs something else in his head, even if it's in his head, there's a part of me that's either thinking I'm not good enough or something is missing or something is wrong. So it's chipping away to our intimacy. Yeah, I mean, and the big thing with this one is is that you know, fantasy is fine, mm-hmm. but you don't want to you don't want to have to rely on the fantasy in order to have sex. In other words, like, you know, let's say, and this sometimes happens with say vibrators, right? Where you you start to use a vibrator in your lovemaking, and then you get to the point where you can't orgasm without the vibrator, right? Now that's a problem. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with using a vibrator, but if you're at the point where you can't have sex with your partner and have an orgasm without it, it's a problem. And that's what can happen with this fantasy thing too, where you can't get excited enough to have sex or to even get an erection or to have any sort of good sex without the fantasy. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. Well, and last but not least, the people who are in that camp also think some people will consider it like cheating. I think it's a fine line. And again, it depends on people. Is the person here with you or are they using it to help them be more ready to be with you? It's, it's a fine line and it's something that needs to be discussed in the partnership that you are in, for sure. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, it's not really cheating. However, it can certainly negatively affect the relationship. So whether it's actually cheating or not isn't so much what's important. The, what's important is, is it is it benefiting your relationship or is it having a negative effect in mm-hmm. your relationship? That That's how I would look at it. So we're going to move on to why you should use uh, fantasies in your relationship, like reasons. And we've got a few like fun things to share with you. But before that, we're going to do another little break for our sponsor, on it and Alpha Brain. You might have heard of it um, by now. So if you are somebody who wants to be in this space where everything happens, you know, the you close a big deal, you won the game, you made love for hours, you checked out everything off your to-do list, and with everything was effortless and it flowed, and you just feel really good, and you want to feel like that every day, this is what we call the flow state or in the zone, and that's basically the optimal level of consciousness where you can perform at your best. Now, you can access this state of mind by using Alpha Brain. Alpha Brain helps you achieve flow state and support other aspects of cognitive function for better memory, focus, and mental processing. Basically, it can help you remember names and places, which is good, focus on complex tasks, but think more clearly under stress, which I think we could all need, react more quickly, and it also protects your brain and mental clarity. So if you want to keep your brain sharp, protect it, and enhance it, 
Try out Alpha Brain and see how that can work for you. So to try out Alpha Brain, go to onnit.com. It's O-N-N-I-T.com. And make sure you use the coupon code LOVELAB at the checkout so that you can get a 10% off your purchase. So go to onnit, O-N-N-I-T.com and check out Alpha Brain. And remember to use LOVELAB at the checkout for 10% off. Okay, so we we covered reasons why you wouldn't want to use fantasy. But there are actually legit reasons why you would want to Mm. use fantasy. So we have a list for you of times or, or reasons why it can be good. It can allow you to experience things in fantasies that you may not actually want to experience in reality. So remember what the study found about how most women don't really want those fantasies to really happen? Like, you know, being raped can be hot in your head, but trust me, you don't want that to happen. (laughs) Exactly. So this is the part of the show where we come back to that. And we Mm -hmm. really have to stress this. I, I, I don't even know if I can stress it enough. When you have discussions, and I'm going to speak mostly to the men right now, but women, you know, listen up as well. (laughs) Guys, come here. All right, we're going to have a talk. (laughs) When you're having discussions about fantasies with your woman, and she says things to you like, you know, she's fantasizing about a threesome, or she's fantasizing about being forced to have sex, or being tied up, or being slapped, or whatever it is. Being gangbanged by 10 men while being blindfolded. Right. That doesn't actually mean she wants that to happen in real life. (laughs) It doesn't in any way mean that she wants that to happen in real life. Please get this into your head. When your woman tells you something like that, it does not mean that she wants it to happen in real life. Have I made that clear enough? You sure have. So hopefully it has sunk in by now. (laughs) I'm going to let you talk a little bit more about this because, you know, you, you are a woman. And so maybe you can help guys understand this a little bit better. But there are things that are kind of cool in your head because you don't have to deal with the repercussions of it, Mm -hmm. right? Because thinking about it in your head doesn't actually cause trauma or stress or anything like that. But it's kind of fun to think about it, you know? And you could come up with a million examples of things uh, in real life. Like maybe you watched an Indiana Jones movie or something and you thought it would be super cool to be Indiana Jones and, and, you know, using your whip to to try to outrun a boulder that's coming after you. But the reality is is you don't really want to be in that situation. It's a freaking movie, right? (laughs) You're like, yeah, I want to be cool like Indiana Jones, but but you don't want to be facing death, you know, every 10 seconds in some (laughs) cave somewhere, right? It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Yes, for sure. And, you know, sometimes it's really weird because our brain, our erotic mind gets formed really early on and our upbringing will shape what turns us on. And there's a whole book called The Erotic Mind where uh, he really dives in into why we like what we like, the fantasies and why certain things turn us on more. And one of the things that it's important to realize is that 
sometimes all you need is kind of that fantasy to be used as a fire stalker. And if you can understand it, that's what it is. And not judging yourself about this, but just using it for the little extra oomph that it gives you, that's the best way to use a fantasy. Some people feel a lot of shame or guilt around the fantasies and spend a lot of time. It's like, like, do you like what you like? You know, like stop beating yourself up. I mean, unless you are endangering somebody else or hurting somebody else without their consent, then that's a different thing. But if you're just into some weird shit, you know, and the, and you like um, rubbers and 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 weird things. I mean, I've had lots of different clients come up with different fantasies. It's okay, and if you can embrace that, it is part of who you are, and rather than push it away, that's how it can work the best. But again. Sometimes it's just like this one little thought for like 10 minutes, or maybe it's just like your partner saying rubber duck and you're like, oh, or it's seeing a rubber duck and that's enough, you know, like I'm trying to give you some example to get it that the fantasy or the trigger to the fantasy doesn't have to be lived in full life it could just be part of it or, or it just a little like it's kind of like a Pavlovian response right if you like if you do this there's this this reaction that happens in the body yes so when your woman guys tells you that she wants to fantasize tonight about having sex with another woman the three of you you know threesome don't start planning for when this is going to happen in real life. They'll go, oh, yeah, I know exactly who we should invite. I'm going to make a list. <laughs> don't. Just don't. Number two is that it can break up the monotony. And sometimes it's nice. And I think that we could link like fantasy with role play. You know, but that's kind of how I see that sometimes into where it's good to use that fantasy into sex. So especially when you're using it with your partner and it's something that you are playing together, it's something that brings you closer and brings you together. So that's a good reason to have fantasy. So you're not on your fantasy island to, by yourself. You are now creating a playground with your partner, which is very full of richness and juiciness. Yeah. And in last week's episode, we talked about, you know, how to keep it hot, you know, in a monogamous relationship. And this is this is potentially one of those ways is to use some fantasy in there to keep things spiced up. Mm. Number three is that for some, it is a massive turn on and can be can get quite hot. So it's interesting. Sometimes there's some things. All right. Again, I'm going to get personal here because that's what Ooh. we do. Right. So. Ooh. The other day you were going down on me and sometimes what turns me on is to think in my head some dirty talking per se, like I would be asking you like, shove your tongue inside me or do me hard or something like this you know it's it's my really? leader you, yeah. never, you never said any of that out loud well, no, no, <laughs> we, we, we are exposing it to the world right now and to you this is all new we'll, we'll take it off the air later kevin mm-hmm. but what what i've noticed is that sometimes i say these things in my head and it helps me get higher faster but I don't really, I don't really have a need to say it out loud. Mm-hmm. I don't even have a need for you to do it. But I've noticed that having those kind of what I would say dirty thoughts help me at times, especially if I'm having a hard time letting go. Yeah. So I can use the, the fantasy to help me get turned on more, and that helps me feel my body more, so that then I don't really need to be in a fantasy because now I'm finally higher and feeling more. Yeah, that's the key, and it's a fine line, right? Mm-hmm. Because. A lot of guys, are, well, first of all, a lot of people in general, not specifying male or female, 
when they start to have sex and they're not totally in the mood and like they're not very high on the arousal scale yet, they'll be stuck in their heads a lot about, you know, all the things that are going on in the day, the work, the kids, the responsibilities, whatever it is. And in that case, sometimes the fantasy can help shake them out of all the monkey mind stuff that's going on and bring them more into a sexual situation. That's a good use of it. But it's a fine line because remember what we talked about in the beginning of reasons why not to use it. You don't want to be so lost in the fantasy that you're no longer present in the moment. Right. (laughs) So it's a fine line, right? Mm -hmm. If if you're having a lot of stuff going on in your head, all the day's responsibilities, the things you did, the things you didn't get to, the things you got to do tomorrow, whatever it is, you can use a little fantasy to help bring you back into your sort of sexual space. Mm-hmm. But don't linger there. Don't linger there. Don't get stuck there because then you're not going to be present with your partner. Yeah. And I kind of think like it's some food, some cer- certain things we know are not specifically good, good for us, but sometimes they help. Like if you're feeling down, a little bit of chocolate will help, but eating the entire chocolate bar is not going to support you. So again, it's like about how you do it. Moderation. <laughs> moderation. All things in moderation. <laughs> And I think another way, so let's just talk about one last thing here, is that it can be a safe way to experiment with things before actually doing them. And, you know, it gets put light where it will work and what issues might come up, especially if you are thinking about opening up your relationship, introducing somebody else or a toy. Like these, you know, like... um, Let's say you're wanting to have a threesome and you're not sure. So you're going to get a doll, right? And so that you can have this like sex doll that you maybe a partner could have sex with. So you could role play that. Or if you don't want to have a sex doll because it's, I don't know, it's expensive or not your thing, you can pretend that he's doing that. But like you get to really see kind of as close to real life as possible about how it would feel. Yeah. So you don't even need a doll to do this. (laughs) Um, Here's the thing about using fantasy in this way. I like your, your example of a threesome because it's a really good one uh, as far as describing what we want to describe here, which is this. So you're, you're having sex and you want to use a little fantasy and you say, hey, all right, um, let's, let's role play that we're having sex with another woman. Okay, so I'm going to go down on her. What will you be doing? Yeah. Right? And then all of a sudden, so the things that maybe weren't thought of before, all of a sudden she goes... Oh, 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 wait a minute. But if he's having sex with her in this part of the fantasy, what am I doing? Oh, wait a oh, minute. Oh, I'm putting my pussy on her face well, and she's like going down on me too. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. But actually more than likely what will happen is she'll suddenly go, well, wait a minute. Then I'll just be sitting on the side and I nobody will be paying attention to mm-hmm. me and I don't feel real comfortable with that, right? So... That's, that's honestly most likely what would happen, <laughs> uh, unless you're experienced in this sort of thing or whatever. But what it does is it gets you to think about scenarios that you may not have thought of. Because when you, when you think about the idea of having a threesome, it's, oh, it's all great. It's all fun. Yeah, it's just more sex and more genitals and more things to lick and stick and whatever, you know? <laughs> but the reality of a threesome is quite different from mm-hmm. that, right? And there's all of these potential gotchas that you could run into that you don't think about if you've never done it, right? You've never done it before. You don't know what all the gotchas are. So using the fantasy and the role-playing in this uh, scenario can start to bring some of those gotchas to the surface. And then you have an opportunity to discuss them 
and discuss how you would react to them before you do anything that would negatively affect your relationship. Because in the real moment, when you run into those situations, feelings are already hurt. Mm-hmm. Boundaries are already passed. There's no going back from that. <laughs> They are trying to repair right. what has happened. <laughs> exactly. So in this fantasy, nothing's actually been done. Mm-hmm. You could maybe have a little bit of hurt feelings, like I can't believe you wanted to do that. But that's pretty easy to work through and deal with. You can talk that out. You haven't actually done anything. Nobody's being accused of cheating or doing anything like that. So that really is a scenario, and not just that one scenario, but that use of fantasy can be really helpful for people who want to step outside the boundaries of what they're used to in sex and maybe expand a little bit, but without taking the risks. Yes. So it's really up to you whether or not you want to use fantasy and how. And again, it's better if it's something that's shared, that's something that you're doing on your own and disconnected from your partner. And accepting your sexual fantasies will allow you for also greater relaxation during lovemaking. So if you're not constantly fighting what's happening, like the scenario I gave, like I could be judging myself for wanting to talk dirty or say something like this, but instead I just let it rip in my head and then it works and then I can let go. And because relaxation is key to sexual fulfillment, really. And that's something that people tend to forget. And if you feel guilty about your sexual fantasy, it causes anxiety, emotional stress, and it can interfere with your bodily reaction, your erotic pleasure and all of that. So be willing to accept yourself as you are and love your fantasy, but be willing, most importantly, to share them with a partner. And if you are still single while listening to this show, be willing to talk about your fantasies from the get-go and find people who like what you like. It's so much easier to have people that you can share your fantasies with and that have the same things than trying to make your partner fit something that they don't particularly like. Yeah, you know, something we didn't put on the list, but we should have now that you mentioned is if you're single, use your fantasy to figure out what you really want in a partner, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so we're going to leave you with one last thing. Today we're going to leave you with a joke. This is one that Celine found uh, online. She didn't even know who the comedian is, but most of you all will. It's not her fault. She didn't grow up in this country. <laughs> all right, so the late great comedian Rodney Dangerfield told a story of making love with his girlfriend. They're going at it, but something is wrong. Neither feels all that aroused. Finally, Dangerfield asks her, Hey, what's the matter? Can't you think of anybody either? (laughs) That was my probably pretty terrible Rodney Dangerfield impression, but (laughs) I think you got the gist of it. (laughs) All right, everybody. That's all the time we have for this episode, and we will see you next week. We hope you like this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoy this show, subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. And for more free, exclusive content, join us in the Passion Vault at CelineRemy.com forward slash vault. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y dot com forward slash vault. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing. <laughs>